Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hello, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. Each week, we explore topics that support the idea that everything is interconnected and in relationship. Today, we are going to look at what happens when we have a desire to know ourselves in a more expanded way. Once we make the commitment to move forward with an intention to grow and then begin to take actions that support adding a new chapter and a story to our lives, What is the underlying ripple effect? Does our ego, which is the part of us that is identified by our positions and our possessions in life, does the ego shriek? Are our inner beliefs and related emotions on board with this new story? What about our physical body's response to change? The physical body, which was first seeded by our parents at conception, then growing in our mother's womb, and since birth has been responding to and shaped by the air we breathe, the food we eat, the type of physical activity we do or don't do, as well as the internal chemical reactions that are created by the quality of our thoughts and our emotions. When we grow, is there a way to put the most developed part of us in the driver's seat and then team up and befriend the shrieking ego, the sometimes messy inherited beliefs and related emotions, so that we can make the most nourishing choices for our mind, body, in our unfolding and expanding life story? Today's guest is yoga teacher and Hakomi practitioner Beth McCann. Let's find out what she has to say about creating flow and health in our mental, emotional, and physical body. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you here. So, um, you have got a really amazing background in the field of yoga and teaching. And I'm actually going to start with teaching. You You have a bachelor's in education, don't you? Yes, I do. And when I was reading your bio, you have taught many things, even though your specialty has been uh, yoga, and you also teach uh, other people to be yoga teachers, correct? Correct. Okay, so why don't we start with that? Um, What started you on the yoga path? Actually, that's a great story. Here's a story that my mother was the one. I'd been traveling the world and gotten married, and, and I hadn't seen my mother for two years and I got back and um, being the eldest of seven she still had kids at home and I said to her you look younger and and she smiled at me and she said I've discovered yoga well that just planted the seed that wow you know this this was something to to look at and so then forward a couple of years me with two children and I get introduced to transcendental meditation which I consider my introduction to yoga and that was an interesting start in the fact that um, all I was told was to um, to observe my or silently say my mantra for uh, 20 minutes in the morning silently and 20 minutes in the evening. And and I wasn't really given a lot of information on, on meditation. And what happened was I usually fell asleep 
which when I learned later, that's exactly what I what my body needed. What your body needed. Yes, right. yes, yes. Yeah, that is, uh, and so that um, meditation, you started with meditation, that then brought you into um, it brought yoga. Me, it brought me into yoga. I think while I was doing uh, transcendental meditation, I discovered the book, uh, uh, which most of you will can't even find, is 28 Days to, to Yoga by Richard Hittleman. So then I tried to you learn yoga through a book. And then I... Um, a great book, by the way. I've yeah. actually read that book. Yeah. And it's a good one. So, yes, it, continue. It, it, was, a good, <laughs> it was a good beginning. Yeah. Um, but then I, I started taking actual yoga classes. And my I had a great introduction because I was able to take yoga for five days from 9 to 12 and I really found, I discovered the benefits of yoga right away. I was sleeping better. I was happier. I was more relaxed. It, uh, it was a great introduction to learning yoga. But it was just the asanas. I, I didn't really, I didn't have much of a philosophy of the, um, of the yoga practice. Richard Hittleman had kind of said a bit in the 28 days to yoga. And so then I eventually... Um, Decide. I was invited to come to become a yoga teacher by a few of the instructors that were instructing me, and so I eventually in Edmonton through the yoga association of uh, yoga association of Alberta, trained to become a yoga teacher. Cool. I'm going to back you up a little bit because you mentioned. Um the physical part of yoga, right. which most people are familiar with, um, but that's not the whole story of yoga. So let's just for a moment touch on the philosophy of yoga, that yoga is actually a way of life as opposed to just physical um, postures, although the physical postures are brilliant and they can are. help us. But can you tell us a little bit about what I like as a definition is yoga is a science for life. It, it really gives you many ways. And I basically have learned a lot of it through the yoga sutras. And interesting things, like it's not just the asanas. Like one of those yoga sutras says, just explore your dreams and you can reach enlightenment. And little pithy statements like that, if this doesn't work, then maybe this will work. Chant Om and contemplate its meaning. Um, the asanas are in the yogic philosophy. There's only about there's 130 uh, yoga sutras, and there's only about eight on the actual asanas. And the, the, it's fascinating. And then what really fascinated me was it, it gets into the um, the energy body, the subtle body, the chakras, and that's where my love is. My love is when I finally got into learning to really listen to my body while I was doing a pose. When I was first introduced to yoga, it was with eyes open and explore and doing the poses and holding them. But And I had a flexible body, so I didn't really need to figure things out. I did basically did yoga from the person standing in, in front of me. And then I discovered a, a wonderful, uh, my senior yoga teacher, Sandra San Martino, and she had us explore the pose close our eyes and notice what's going on and what's happening. We would start out maybe standing in Tadasana, which is, which is a mountain pose, explore a pose, and then we would close our eyes and see if anything had changed. And that's when I really connected in 
to yoga because it's more than just the asanas, which is what you said. It is. And so I'm, I'm going to go to a point you made because some of our listeners might understand yoga quite well. Some of them might be beginners. Um, and about the subtle body. So when we're talking about the subtle body, we're talking about the energetic body around us. And if we can catch things in that energetic body, they don't always, you know, we want it and the uh, the physical body to communicate but you know something you said about when you closed your eyes mm. and then you know got into the pose in a different way I just want to say one of my most amazing experiences a story is well two things my first yoga teacher had um, osteoarthritis and she was my best yoga teacher I've ever come across so it's not how far you can go in the pose but right and the second thing is a yoga teacher in the middle of a posture talked about letting go of defending and um, putting ourselves or someone else in that defensive posture. And I've heard that many times, but somehow hearing it and bringing it in to what does that feel like for my organs and my muscles and my glands, it it was an amazing experience. And so that's what I'm hearing you say, that yoga on so many levels, there's the physical response to it. There's the energetic body response, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us, you used a word that I'm thinking some people are familiar with and some not, and you were talking about, about sutras. Can you just tell us what you mean by that? So it's basically yoga sutras are pithy little statements coming from an oral tradition in ancient India. And it was written down by, they think, by Patanjali. And it basically is the science of life of you about explaining yoga and it's the um these pithy statements and and i love the first two of the the yoga sutra start out now then yoga begins yoga is a cessation of the fluctuations of the mind and to me that summarizes yoga in total that it's um it and especially the word now just learning about the power of now and, and learning to be here and be awake and present in the now. To let our breath and our body be in the same place. Yeah. I know, as you know, I've taught meditation and one of the things I'm always saying is let's just take a breath and let our body and our mind come to the same place. Mm-hmm. So, yes, those are really important things. Um I like sutras. So you're saying there's some sutras that are used in the yoga uh, practice of yoga and some sutras used in the practice of meditation, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. I, I, um, just, again, I always try and remember that something is, in, uh, we may have worked with something a long time, but for other people it might be an introduction into it. Mm-hmm. And I can forget that sometimes. So I'm always asking for a reminder from these brilliant people I'm having on. So, so um, you know what? We... There, there's so much I want to talk to you about. And one of the things that I want to talk to you about is that you are also a Hakomi practitioner. And um, and that brings something... Hakomi is not part of the yoga tradition, is it? No, it's not. Okay. And so tell us very briefly... We're going to actually go further into it, but we're getting ready to come to a commercial break. And so I think... What we're going to do is um, go to what Hakomi is and how you've integrated. Is that fair to say you've integrated it into teaching yoga? 
Correct. Okay, so we're going to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to find out, first off, what Hakomi is and how... um, Beth has integrated Hakomi into the practice of yoga and her teaching um, yoga, correct? Correct. All right. So stay with us, stay tuned, and come on back and let's find out what Hakomi is. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit catherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit catherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Katherine Potter. You're listening to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. And I'm talking to Beth McCann, who is a yoga teacher and a practitioner of Hakomi. And we're going to find out exactly what Hakomi is. So, Beth, tell us a little bit about Hakomi. I don't think it's something that people are as familiar with. No, no, they're not. It's um, it's it's. Well, I like to simplify it and say it's body-centered psychotherapy. Now, I know that sounds complicated, but the, the true thing is in, in uh, Hakomi is that the, the, the therapist or the, assumes that there's nothing wrong with the person that they're sitting with, which I loved, and they, they, they are always focusing on what the person is saying, and so it's very body-centered and all their body, body movements. And... Um, it's a very experimental type thing. So I'll just give you an example of how I learned um, Hakomi and, and what, we, what we were doing. So we were, were working in, in groups of, and in pairs. And, and what we did was that one person would turn around and we were standing and then we would blink the person about three times. Now what we were doing in the blinking is we'd close our eyes and we'd see how we felt and then we'd blink the person very quickly but then we'd go back to what we were sensing and feeling in, in the body. 
and we'd do that three times and then they would turn around and then we, we would discuss and we would make statements like you looked as if and initially when I was this was explained to me I thought oh this is going to go nowhere but I had um, flashes of, of people it looked like they were going to run away from something that had scared them and I had flashes where they were they were standing as if they were wanting to join a a group of people in in um in the playground at recess time and that they weren't sure where to go and, and all of these pictures came to mind so what Hakomi really works on is that there's so much nonverbal that is communicated in any group any conversation that you're having and I really learned like wow and it's to to learn to trust this that it's more than just the body just almost like we discussed before it's that energy body it's that subtle body that we're connecting into and it it just it for me it was so wonderful when you did these little experiments and then we would talk about these things you'd get to deeper issues but you you felt kind of relax about the whole thing because it was like an experiment being done and then you would you'd relax and you'd get to these deeper deeper issues of what was going on for you so big topic and I've talked to people about other body-centered types of therapies I like body-centered therapies because often our mind can be thinking one we have an idea of ourselves but then we've got a story that sits underneath the surface that we may not be aware of and is that sort of what you're talking about the same type of thing right because yeah yeah so that's excellent and so um so is that the purpose is to get the person to make that deeper connection to themselves yes it's, it's really to get in in touch with their their whole body their their unconscious and their the deeper parts of their body because like our habitual patterns will kind of hold us back a lot of people just will hold their head a certain way which could be a form of protection or it can be something else and in just having the person close their eyes holding their head a certain way that and then attempting to come back to center and then noticing what goes on there and it's amazing what when you do it mindfully because mindfulness loving presence is the main um premise of of all of a coma you're you're sitting in loving presence and you're mindfully exploring what you're all about so it's it's a wonderful journey of of self-discovery the one part that i really liked is that they they will do probes they'll listen to you in in your conversation then they'll hear something that maybe you need to hear that'll be very nourishing so then they'll they'll have you close your eyes and a good one is um saying to the person you are safe now and it's amazing when they do that mindfully when they do it with their eyes closed how they really feel their body respond and and the body change the body posture changes is that what you're saying just even with their eyes closed and then so it brings I'm asking now um, so basically what you're saying is sometimes something could have happened previously and we may not know that we've taken a particular body posture or over time our bodies responded in that way and so you know we're doing something and then to close I'm to close our eyes and someone's saying you're safe now how does that change our body posture mm-hmm. is that what you're saying and also when you you say you're safe now even their body it might not even be the body posture that changed they might get a voice telling them that they're not safe and then yeah. um, then they it's if can they pause long enough do they know 
who was the person that was telling them that they weren't safe or that they, or you're not good enough. Like another expression is like you're good enough. Okay, so excellent. So they're going then. So so they may not feel that safe. And then they're hearing the story and you're having them connect yes. to where did that story begin? Is that what you're saying? Where did it's that gonna, story begin, begin or who was saying that and... Yes. Yeah, and it tends to be a story that we're holding on to that yeah. we haven't worked yeah. with and we haven't released. And so the body, this body center psychotherapy, our body is is our a walking story. Our and, bodies, and <laughs> and are yeah. really connected to it. And Acomi has has this wonderful like, little experiment. You're doing these little experiments to find out, okay, what part of the story is really working for me still, and what part of the story maybe can I let go of because it's an habitual pattern that's getting me nowhere rather than getting me somewhere. And so, and with the experimental, for me, I was able to slow down enough to really realize what my um, gut responses were, and maybe not so positive, but um, there was one, there's there's one I think that will show the thing that we had to become mindful. And uh, the, it was, this was playful too. So, so the, the person, the therapist said that, you know, she was, saying, here's what I think you should do. So she's showing kind of the opposite way. Yeah. Well, a lot of people gave the finger, you know, but it's, it's amazing how quickly our gut reactions are that we don't even notice unless we're sitting mindfully and watching what's going on. The power of, for me, Hakomi showed me the power of the word that my body is responding and do I know how it's responding to all of the situations that's going on in life. Just, it's fascinating. I just so, in some way, this is what I'm hearing, and I want to make sure I'm hearing yes. this correctly. Um, it reminds me a little bit about um, some studies I did with trauma recovery, and it's, it's like teaching us how to come into the present that there may be something that's occurred before and it's got a story going within us, but we can be in the present with it. So is, mm-hmm. is that like our present self kind of showing up right. for, for the, the part that gets triggered by it? Mm-hmm. So we're both with it and breathing into it? Am I, am, yeah, am I understanding that correctly? We're with it correctly? and breathing into it, yes. In a non-judgmental way. Very non-judgmental way. And you and the beauty of a, a Comey session, you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Like I can remember I was being a yoga instructor. I, I was sitting there and I had my, my right shoulder way up by my right ear. And I was very comfortable. I said, you know, I'm, very, I'm a yoga instructor, but this is very comfortable and I don't yeah. want to move. I was supported and, and I was allowed to stay there and explore it. And, and it took me a long time before I was ready... I was protecting something. I realized I was um, I was in a bad car accident. Wait, in 1971, but my body had hold on, held on to that memory, and it was me slowly working back and feeling safe enough to actually move my head. So it it's it's absolutely fascinating, and and this relates to like in yoga they talk about there's some scars we have we have held on body memories that we hold on into our on our bodies and until we actually work with them either through breath or through yoga movements yoga's movements will help us um, get to those spots and explore those places but it's this integration time where you actually stand and be with it can you notice what's happening and can you notice what's going on and for me slowly bringing my head back 
and and you know it took me a long time before I felt safe and I, and them saying to me you're safe now it was you're safe now that injury occurred you can let it go from the body too mm-hmm. right is basically what you're telling me that mm-hmm. you're when so you know the listeners couldn't see when Beth was doing that <laughs> she had her shoulder up to her ear and by the way it made me uncomfortable. I'm like wanting to put your shoulder down. It's like, it's okay, Beth. <laughs> but, but that, yeah, and there was a discomfort. And so basically, it's again bringing it to the present, that that's, that's right. past. It, Can yes. we let it go from our body? Can we let right. that story or whatever um, go from our body? I, I really like that. Um, and so when you're, are you typically bringing that in, Hakomi, in when you're teaching a yoga class? What or is I, it a particular, sorry, yeah. or is it a, a, a particular type? Like, do you, have you just integrated it I've into just, your I've yoga just integrated. class? I will use what we call probes, like the statements, you're safe now. Uh, and so lots of times I'll start my yoga class out where we become aware of the body, sit as comfortably in line as we can, and then we chant one of the seed sounds of the chakras, which I will maybe explain a little bit later. And so in the chanting, and then while they're sitting there meditating, being mindful, I will make the statement either like you're welcome here. Uh, one I really like is all parts of you are welcome here. And hmm. it's, it's amazing how, and then we discuss it afterwards. Did the body take it in? I say it three times. And a lot of people... And I've repeated this again and again, and, and some people say, no, it didn't take it in. And some people have physiological responses, some have verbal responses. They have all different, you know, so they, they so you become aware, you become mindful of, of who you are and what's going on within. And what, I love it. It's that deeper connection, which is the purpose yes. of yoga, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so my boy, my voice tends to get foggy when somebody is talking about something mm. that is emotional. And so um, I had this response last week to the person I was interviewing, not to them, but something they were saying. And so I love what you're saying about uh, your, during a yoga practice, you're saying to them, all parts of you are welcome here. You're safe. Can your head hear it? Can your heart hear it? You didn't say it in that yeah. way, but that's a can, can you your can your bum feel it? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I, I love the integration of mm-hmm. Hakomi with yoga. It takes it to a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And so I find that fascinating. So you and your students did um, a collaborative book on uh, restorative yoga. So is that book still available? It's, it's, it would only be available through me. <laughs> so I have some at, in my home. So I, it was self-published, this restorative yoga book that I did with my yoga students. And uh, so we published it. And I, it was through the YAA. I don't think they have any more copies. It was done in 2007, I think. But and people can still they can um, get, get it through, through you. And at the end of uh, today's show, I'm going to uh, give you Beth's uh, email address. So if you're interested, you can um, get a book from Beth. So hard copy, right? It's a hard copy book. It's it's like a spiral. It's kind yeah, of hard yeah, copy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I love those spiral books, especially for yoga, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't want to be cracking the bindings, right? right? So very interesting. Can you... Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to be heading to a break soon. This goes so fast when we're Mm -hmm. talking about something interesting. Uh, When we come back, I'd like to find out 
just a little bit more about what restorative yoga is because it's a specialty within yoga, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right. So we're heading to break. When we come back, Beth's going to tell us a little bit about restorative yoga, and then we're going to find out about yoga and the myth of sleeping beauty. (laughs) So (laughs) stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit catherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit catherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's Katherine Potter, and I'm talking to Beth McCann, who is a yoga teacher and a Hakomi practitioner, and she's about to tell us uh, about a specialty within yoga called restorative yoga. Is that a fair way Mm -hmm. to say it's a specialty? So tell us a little bit about what restorative yoga is. Restorative yoga is probably the type of yoga that I really have ended up teaching now, is that I really, uh, the body needs to be comfortable in doing the poses, and just learning to to sit comfortably and aligned. So um, it's it's learning to align the body in sitting and align it in standing and then there's gentle poses where we use lots of props that um, so for instance if we were going to do a, a standing forward bend person would would gently well make sure they know the power points of the feet which is probably another um, thing but they would gently do a forward bend and if their arms would not t- touch the ground there there's blocks that they would use to um, to support themselves. So, so, so the blocks over- would go where their hands go so they don't have to go all the way to the ground? Yeah. Is, so, is that, so, okay, yeah. cool. And a lot of people tight hamstrings. There, there's no way that yeah. they can. And yeah. you, you want to be gentle with your hamstrings. Um, there's a, And also the, another gentle one is legs up the wall, which when first people first learn it, they don't necessarily think of it as a very gentle pose. 
then we find a way that they, their buttocks don't have a lot, their legs are up. So it's 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 beginning. So a lot of the restorative yoga, helping people um, eventually go into like the sho- the the inversions, like the shoulder stand and and the headstand and plow. Only if if the body takes them there. So so just can I just pause you for a second? So you're saying um, whether someone's an experienced yoga practitioner or a new yoga practitioner, they can use restorative yoga. Oh yes, yes, yeah. It's, um, and and for me, um, restorative yoga is, I, I probably take it a little further, is that I really have the people um, connect with what's going on within. And so you're restoring yourself back to who you are. So you're learning to use the yoga poses because the yoga poses, when you align, when you get, find alignment, then for, for most of us, then the energy starts to move in the body because when we're out of alignment, the energy does not move. And restorative yoga poses, even like the, the, the great one, the Shavasana pose, um, even learning to do Shavasana, just to re- totally relax on the floor, that's probably one of the hardest poses to learn to do, and that is restorative yoga because you're, you're learning to re- relax and come back to who you are. So you're restoring yourself to who you are. So come back to who you are, and is it fair to say where you are at this point in your life? Because yes. for me, yoga and meditation have been the same thing in that everyone is different. And I could have a really good class one day, but maybe something shifted, and the next time I do yoga, I can't do the pose in the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. So would it would restorative yoga remind? Restorative yoga, really, you're really listening to your body, and you're going to yeah. where your body wants to go. And, and yes, there's lots of times. The hamstrings are really quite interesting muscles. There are some days where forward bends, you, you they're just fine, and other days, like the hamstrings, say no, I'm not going, I'm not going to bend. And that that relates to uh, flexible bodies as as well as to people who are tight bodies. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really learning. It's really learning to listen to our body, and a lot of people will think that their spine is straight, especially doing a, a, when you start out doing a, a sitting forward bend, and their, their spine is not straight. So our body awareness is really, it, it's quite a fascinating thing to be able to get in contact with and, and to really figure it out. And legs up the wall, for instance, a lot of people they realize how tight their shoulders are because legs up the wall is great for for us to learn to relax our shoulders and and the other thing too with legs up the wall is uh, alignment to it so you're perpendicular to the wall often I'm adjusting people new to yoga and and not necessarily that new to yoga (laughs) to show them what alignment is it's like I'm their outer eyes and and letting them see what and I'll say to them now that's straight to you and and lots of times I get doesn't feel straight to me so it's oh interesting interesting isn't that amazing that you become yes. their observer and then right. show them this is what it's going to feel like and this is what flow feels like that's maybe right. they've not known that mm-hmm. and so would restorative yoga be good for people who've had injuries back injuries or mm-hmm. yes um. It, I, in yoga, you really learn that you need to listen to your, your own body. But in the listening, some of us don't even uh, know how to bend over correctly. Like, you know, me being flexible, I did not bend correctly for the longest time. And then I ended up having hip challenges. And I certainly had to learn to make sure that my sacrum was balanced and that I, when I was bending over, that I was using 
my thigh muscles and not just um, hanging out in my joints. It's uh, so you're saying um, you're saying to bend over. We're supposed to be using our thigh muscles. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Standing forward bend. Yes. Standing forward and bend. And even sitting when you're yeah. sitting on the floor. Yeah. Activate Why aren't thighs. our thighs involved? Yes. And you know what? Um, I like that, right? Because a lot of people are flexible but over flexible, mm-hmm. right? And so what does that do? And I think that's what I'm hearing you say that we think because it it follows, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What we're doing in life, our body follows what we're doing in life. I, I love that reminder that we think we're being balanced, but we're not, mm-hmm. right? And flexible bodies, getting back to the flexible bodies is the... Uh, I eventually teach them. I said, if if you don't think you're working in the pose, you're probably not, and you're you're not getting the benefits of the pose. Whereas tight people know quite quickly how they have to work in the pose. Flexible bodies, they just flex in and flex out, and to do it. So that's the expression, you know, that you're working. And also in restorative yoga, there's some students I have to say to, is you know, 50% less effort, you know, and, and you'll get there. You can see the tension. In the body. It's and like breathe. Yes, it's, it's like breathe. Yes. Uh, I like that. That's fascinating. I think we all could learn something about ourselves and therefore not just our physical body, but how we approach life. Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm hearing you say, that chances are if we're doing this in yoga, we're approaching life in that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're too flexible or maybe we're too held or we're too working too hard too hard and our body's now trying to tell us like chill out and bring this into your everyday life right so um that's good feedback good feedback for me too uh so beth you are working on a book that's coming out this fall and i believe it's called correct me if i'm wrong but i believe i believe it's called awakening sleepy sleeping beauty my journey of self discovery and it has a lot to do with yoga is that correct yes it does so tell tell us how that the writing of the book came about because obviously there was a story leading up to that there's a, there's a story leading up to it and it's it's quite convoluted and and i like to use the um the symbol of a spiral. So, um, so going on a, through life, just like my mother uh, indicated to me the, the importance of yoga. That was kind of the way I looked at yoga initially, and then I got into doing yoga. And I and I I'm a person who takes lots of different workshops, and I attended one workshop, and um, the person said, you know, you need to know which um, what uh, fairy tale do you resonate to, and at that time. I'm automatically knew mine was Sleeping Beauty, and at that time I was also doing what was called automatic writing, where you would just sit and and, and write three pages of of um, just write what whatever was coming to mind, and for me that was like get getting rid of all the mind stuff, like beginner's mind mind stuff to get to the good stuff, and so I, I learned about that. So then I thought, okay. I had a title for a book, Awakening Sleeping Beauty, and I in, intuitively I knew I was going to write a book. It, and is and and part of my book is really us learning to connect to that intuitive side of ourselves. Um, I just knew that I knew what I knew that I was going to write a book, and I thought, oh dear, you know what what is this all about? And but then I listened to my intuition, 
most of the time. I was awake most of the time. But realizing that awakening sleeping beauty is I, I was starting to see how often I fell asleep. I would put myself to sleep with a variety of things of, of um, watching romantic movies, romantic novels. I'm going to pause you for a second because I just want to get a little definition here. Um, so when you're talking about being uh, awake, you're talking about being conscious in your life and making mm-hmm. conscious choices. I'm, I'm clarifying. This is a question. And then when you're talking about falling asleep, you're not talking about literally. You're, you're meaning about going back into that unconscious, not That's present right. to the choices you're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and it was it was in in the writing that uh, you you know even the title Sleeping Beauty you know as a child you know you you accept these these magical fairy tales you know I thought it was very magical that she fell asleep for a hundred years you know with a slight prick of a finger when when I became an adult like and I thought you know when I was starting to write the book I thought everyone was happy if I was asleep like you know that mm. they. You know, I was I, I attempted to be the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect teacher, and I had I forgot about myself. So so it was in this writing where I started to realize how much I I was asleep, and then also then in the, in the writing, what related to, to some of my writing is that I, I ended up having hip pain, and I eventually did have two hip replacements. But what I discovered when I was writing that my hip pain would go away. And so, so by that time, I was, I had learned that meditation was important, and it would come to me in meditation that, you know, you need to keep writing, you need to, and and I would attempt as best I could, and if I if I fell asleep again or was not awake to all what was going on, my hip pain would come back, and and it, so event so eventually, I got really comfortable with doing the writing. It took me a while to get get comfortable doing that. And then I then I started to realize, you know, there is a book here. There, there is, you know, I had the title, but then it, what what happened was it related to um, the spinning wheels of energy, which are the chakras. Spinning wheels had put Sleeping Beauty to sleep, and spinning wheels were what were waking me up. And so you're talking about awakening, awakening up is awakening up to our own true nature and not yes. just following. Um, what is expected of us that you're a woman and therefore here's your journey and and for, and 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 that might be a good journey for some people but it may not be for others or for men mm-hmm. here's your journey you're a man so therefore or you're this color or this race so you're talking about uh, if I'm clarifying waking up and going I need to be real yes and um and so this to to yourself, of yes. course, yeah. And so the book is about what it takes to wake up. Mm-hmm. Yes. What it and, takes. and what I had to learn to wake up, you know. And and you, the thing that you just said, I took on little girls should be seen and not heard, and I had to work that through. And yoga was a great way for me to like learning the warrior poses, standing in a warrior pose, and. Uh, reclaiming my power being the soft warrior but learning to stand in my power and and uh excellent wow so we're going to continue discussing that we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to continue to hear a little bit more about yoga and how 
yoga can help us wake up to who we are and, um, and to stay awake and make conscious choices. So stay tuned. Welcome to You, the Universe. The- Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now, back to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Katherine Potter. I'm talking to yoga teacher and Hakomi practitioner Beth McCann, and she's been talking about her book, um, Sleeping, Awakening Sleeping Beauty. Um, and Beth, before we went to break, you were talking about the chakras, uh, which are the energy points within our body and sit in the energy body and correlate to the physical. Um, so in the book, do you talk about the chakras at all? Yes, I do. Yeah, the, the book is really related to the seven chakras. And, and what one of the uh, main things that I discovered it was that my senior yoga teacher talked about the three knots at the heart. And so my, my whole book is kind of around the three hot knots at the heart, one knot relating to the three lower chakras, which is in that part of the book is about the self. And then there's another knot at the heart itself, and that's the share section of my book. And then there's the other knot intertwines and goes up to the, um, uh, the three upper chakras. And to me, that's all like spinning wheels of energy and sp- spinning wheels that have put Sleeping Beauty to sleep and that they, they woke me up. And it was my, my journey really connecting into that subtle body, to that energy body, to, and I, I love uh, the diamond body, it's sometimes what it's called, really discovering all parts of who I am, like all parts of me are welcome here, but then 
even knowing what parts of me do exist. Like, you know, it's it was really even me learning to connect into my intuitive self and, and because having been brought up, you know, little girls should be seen and not heard and then as this the science paradigm, just learning to wake up to all so many other things as a, the energy body, like and even teaching yoga, like we were not allowed to, to we, we decided that we wouldn't talk about the energy chakras. That didn't happen until, well, I'm dating myself, but in the mid-1990s, you know, the energy, a lot of the yoga teachers, they didn't want to talk about that, where I was feeling it, but, you know, it's, it's gained with society uh, waking up to to all of this and it's yeah yeah so what i'm hearing you say is that there are things that we can see and connect to with our five senses Mm -hmm. but there are the subtle senses and that connects us to things that take place um pre uh, before if we're paying attention to our subtle senses be our intuition or picking up things in our energy body it can sometimes help us understand and not have a physical manifestation because yes. we're we're getting information through our subtle senses. We're getting information through our five senses. They're meant to work together. Right. Is is what I'm hearing you say. We want our five senses. We want the subtle senses that correlate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. So there is an important thing that I think is is uh, that I I'd like you to spend a little bit more time going into, and that is, um, you talked about pain in the hips, and I've often found when people are, you know, in the complementary health modalities, there is this idea that, oh my God, it means we're going to be perfect, and we're never going to have any pain, and we're supposed, it's very judgy, it can get judgy at times, Mm -hmm. and yet, Pain can teach us something and we work through it and, and you can be doing all these wonderful things and still have a mental, emotional or physical alley. So can you just tell us a little bit more about um, what that pain in the hip, hipsa, meant for you and, and how it came into the work that you do? Oh, big topic. It's a big topic. <laughs> and so, so I'm thinking now, where do I start? So so basically for me is, yes, uh, being a yoga instructor and then having these pain in the hips, um, you know, even admitting to it, like people say, and you're a yoga teacher and you have pain in the hips. And, and, and yes, I did. And it was interesting in, in working with it. I would meditate and I would go to the pain in the hips. And sometimes that would bring relief by just taking awareness there Um, but the one point that I really realized is that if I kept on writing and I Mm -hmm. and only three pages a day whatever whatever that meant then my pain in my hips would subside and it was it was an interesting correlation just listening to this so it was so if you want to go deeper like pain in the hips you're you're into the second chakra and the second chakra the way I related it, it relates to creativity. So on, when I was honoring my creativity, my pain in my hips would subside. When I wasn't honoring my creativity, I, they, it, they would, it would act up. Now, eventually, I did have to have my two hip replacements done. But thank goodness for yoga and for me being able to work through that pain. I had the yoga poses and certain things in the breath and the meditation that helped me. So the, the relationship between pain and, and for us to, to learn how to work with it. And just within the last month or so, I, I, my, again, my senior yoga teacher, we were working with different painful parts in the body. 
taking the breath there and giving space to that pain. And again, I found a place, a way to release, get release pain. Like it's yoga and meditation and the breath, so powerful. Um, and it's, But the important thing with pain, it's really an indicator that something's going on and are you paying attention? Something's going on. Are you paying attention or are you masking it rather yes, than breathing into it? Because yeah. the bottom line is we will all have um, something come up in life that causes us mental or emotional or physical pain. Is that fair right. to say? But holding on to it is then what causes injury, right? And so this allows us to move forward or when it presents in our life, to be able to breathe into it and and understand what it is. So, so much information. Beth, we could go on for a whole other hour because I know you've got vast interests, but we're coming to the end of the show. And I do want to make sure um, that I give people contact information. So if you would like to contact Beth, uh, her email address is b m c c a n n at telus dot net, and her book, um, Awakening Sleeping Beauty. Uh, My journey of self discovery. Is it coming out this fall? It's coming out this fall. Very nice. I'm looking forward to it. And you are self-publishing or it's going to be out through a publisher? Through a publisher. So you can keep in touch with Beth and find out um, how to get that book. I'm going to be number one in line for it. I love the correlation between the um, yoga, sleeping beauty and the uh, chakras. Uh, one of my favorite topics and so we'll keep our eyes open for it so thank you so much Beth I appreciate all your time so next week join me my guest will be Rebecca Lipiat, a photographer who refers to her work as visual storytelling until then remember this week take a few moments each day to center yourself by taking 10 slow breaths just inhaling and exhaling giving your mind and body a chance to come to the same place thank you and we'll talk to you next week thank you for listening this week Please join your host, Katherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.